Uh, hello, Lee and Ralph. Hey, how's it going? Oh, did Ralph shit? Uh, how's it going, Lee? What happened? Uh, what happened to you this week? Uh, for me, uh, yeah, nothing much, really. I um boring. <laughs> uh boring in like an interesting way or boring in a boring way? Uh boring as in um if I were to die and you have to give a eulogy on me, you'd have to improv most of it. Cuz it's not much so to write would, about you me. You would be fine with me just completely making shit up. Yes. Like, Lee was um, secretly, and he never told anyone this, uh, a murderer. He very much admired Jeffrey Dahmer uh, and sought to outdo him. Yes, that is completely made up. That has no bearing on real life. Right. And Nervous laughter. I got I to say, admittedly, if you were at my funeral, hypothetically, you would have to make something up, right? Yeah, I would say that um, Brian Scott, the you may not have known, was the world's most uh, the world's most talented jewel thief, and he stole all of your jewelry, even after he died. And they sealed the casket so you can't get it back. Right. But in reality, I I took the jewelry. Ooh. Ah, the greatest trick the devil pulled was into thinking the devil was right over there. Yeah. But the devil, the real devil, was the friends we made along the way. Hmm. Very profound. Very thought-provoking. So I have a sketch. Um, I'm I'm working on putting on the finishing touches. It's another like text message conversation that I wrote back in the day. Ah, for your website or? Yeah. All right. If Ralph doesn't come back, whoever that was. Oh, Ralph is a newbie? Yeah, uh you know, usually there uh, there is about twenty minutes of leeway before uh no offense, leeway. Uh before people start <laughs> to show up. Right? Mesh notoriously will will come in the second hour of the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess Ralph uh, popped in, saw that I was silently not aware of what was happening, and then popped out. So is there anything you want me to know about the sketch before you share it? 
Um, nothing in particular. The story behind the sketch, um, this was a while back. I, I imagined if you've seen Monsters, Inc., right? Yes. So I, I imagine if, like, out of nowhere, 20 years later after the events of the movie, if Sully were to just randomly text Boo, <clears throat> just how that conversation would go. Because he, he hadn't seen her in 20 years, so he still thinks of her as the little girl. Hmm. That, uh, that is interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to remember my inspiration for it. I guess I was just thinking, like, if you're a 22-year-old person and you randomly get text text message saying, hey, boo, you know, like, what will be the first thing that comes to your mind? Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you seen the new Monsters, Inc. show, by the way? I saw a couple episodes of it when it, when it first came out. Um, I, I don't like how it only looks slightly better than the video game. <laughs> yeah, that I noticed. Right, they didn't get the Pixar A team. They got the interns. I think they actually like outsourced the animation to a different company. So they're just using oh. the IP. Right, so they also outsourced the writing. That's the other thing I noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just the characters, voice actors. Right, they tried to turn Monsters, Inc. into the office, and the only person in the office they got was Mindy Kaling. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. I think they should make at least one more Monsters movie. Because they have the, the, the movie, then they have the prequel, so... Oh, we go further back to them as kids? Yeah, like <clears throat> them in elementary school. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, did you, uh, you have the Google Doc ready? Uh, Yeah. I'm still working on it. I think I'm just going to add a few more lines. Did anyone else bring any um, oh. sketches? Trish is here. What's up? Hi, Trish. Hi, hi. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, too. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, alive. Yeah, I had this moment uh, today where this guy was talking about a near-death experience, and then it gave me an idea for an improv game. <laughs> 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 it was just telling me about how he was about to starve to death, but he had too much ego to ask people for food. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me... Um... Have you ever seen uh, that Mitchell and Webb look? Seen what? That Mitchell and Webb look? Uh, no. Uh, Mitchell and Webb, it's a comedic duo from Britain. So, 
the one of uh, their sketches is it's a it's a heroin den where everyone's addicted to heroin, and they're all like, oh no, I know it's Christmas, uh, and you're supposed to you know let yourself go on Christmas, but not today, or maybe just one more, maybe, I don't know, I don't know, and it's just that's the whole sketch. That's the whole sketch. It's like allowing mm-hmm. themselves to, to have heroin. It's funnier when they do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I believe it. A lot of my um, passengers um, talk about having heroin um, addiction. You drive a bus? <laughs> <laughs> No, I forgot I got, that you yeah. drive Uber. That was a little mean. <laughs> Short bus, though. <laughs> yeah. I think you're lying. I think you have your own private jet, Trish. Yeah, I wish. Oh, my gosh. That'd be so awesome. <sighs> yeah. Although private jet, that doesn't, you know, eliminate the idea that everyone's on heroin. <laughs> that reminds me of a, a scene from The Simpsons. Like it took place on on a, I think like a private jet that Homer was on. So like the plane started to wobble. So Homer went up to the the captain. He's like, "What's wrong?" The captain said, uh, "I didn't think I was going to fly today, so I uh, did heroin." Then he passes out. Oh. Yeah, somebody tried to explain to me um, the high that you get from heroin, and they explained it that it's similar to an orchestra. <laughs> similar. <laughs> I, like, I don't okay, know man. how bad you are in bed <laughs> for heroin to feel better than sex. Or even masturbation. (laughs) Like, uh... your... I don't know, your hands have to be, like, really covered in dead skin. Like, if your hand is as soft as the bottom of your foot, maybe. Yeah. You can tell the conversations I have with my Uber. <laughs> I don't know how it gets it gets so awkward sometimes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lee, is your sketch ready? Yeah, I think it's ready as as it'll ever be. Let me go ahead and um get ready to share it. Gazintai. <laughs> uh, trying to cut down on dead air, you know, so, um, me and Trish okay. trying a zombie apocalypse improv. Ooh. Yeah, so, it's, uh, it's been really interesting to, because part of it is figuring out how you would 
in real life survive a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. But part of it is also how do you make something realistic but also entertaining without exaggerating too much? Right. I know, like, there, there's this trope in urban fantasy where you take something from real life and jokingly say that it's um, fantastical. Like, there's one, I'm not saying that Freddie Mercury is a siren. I'm just saying every time uh, Bohemian Rhapsody comes on the radio, you have to sing along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got to do it. You got to do it. Or else you lose your soul. Yeah. Okay, my computer's acting up on me. Hold on. Let me let me uh paste it a different way. Why does my computer hate me so much? So wait, every time you try and type in the chat, you have to reset. Well, I'm I'm using my phone, but I wanted to copy and paste for my computer, so I l- tried to log in on my with my computer and just paste it, but like um, none of the browsers on my computer want to connect to Uzbear. And I've tried this between two different computers, and it's infuriating. Um, what do you think the issue is? I have no idea, because, like, I usually was able to always log in using Firefox, and now Firefox isn't working. It's like my computer knows me, and my computer hates me. Is it like... um? It, it tries to deny your uh, login name. It's so weird. It's like, so for when I when I use Chrome, Google, uh, uh, Chrome, Microsoft Edge, and Opera, when I click the sign in button, it literally just doesn't sign in. Like nothing happens. And so um, I used to be able to sign in with Firefox, and like get into the chat, but like no one could hear me. And then I ju- I tried just now and it didn't, didn't let me either. Yeah, every time I like create a, a username under an email, it always says it doesn't recognize it. And then I can I always have to create a new username, like an anonymous uh, guest one. <laughs> so yeah, I'm running out of numbers. Uh, but I put my uh, sketch in the chat. Yeah, yeah. So, Lee, would you cast the sketch? Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess it'll be pretty easy. Um, uh, I'll, I'll cast you, Brian, as Soli, and I'll cast Trish as Boo. Okay. Okay. And, and so, for the backstory, Trish, um, this is if because you know Monsters Inc., right? Yeah. Yeah, so th- this sketch is if Soli were to text Boo randomly 20 years after the events. And it's him thinking that it's Boo, the little kid, but she's grown up. And so is that whole conversation. Wait, so who thinks who's grown up? Oh, Soli texts Boo after 20 years, but he has no idea that she's grown up. He thinks she's still like a little kid. Oh. So if they haven't seen each other in 20 years, how did Sully get Boo's number? 
You know what? I'll, I, I, I'm going to ignore that question because... It's a giveaway in this guess. <laughs> uh, let's, let's just say um, magic? I don't know. Technology. Sure, yeah, Disney magic. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Trish, you ready? Yep. Okay. Hey, boo. Hey, babe. Last night was so great. I get wet just thinking about it. Huh? What? Is this Jacob? No, this is Sully. Who? Sully? Don't you remember the kitty? I don't think so, bro. I would remember if I thought the furry. No, dude. Do you remember when you were a little girl and you went into this world and saw the weird, weird monsters? What the fuck are you talking about? They kidnapped you and tried to farm your screams? Huh? Wait. Oh my god, I remember. It was you and a green guy. And I thought you were this the big fluffy kitty cat. And I had to kill at least a few of you guys to escape. Exactly. Lit. How have you been? Have you been a good little girl? Um, I'm not a little girl, bro. I'm 22. Oh, well, I don't get human years. Anyway, how are things? I remember you missed me when we eventually, you know, returned you to your house. About that. The police questioned me after that. I was missing from the human world for a solid three days. Right, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, except for the whole being kidnapped thing. Yeah, sorry about that. You know how Randall is. An asshole. Uh, yeah. Not anymore. Why? What happened to him? Let me guess. You threw him in Lizardale and he came out a changed monster? <laughs> no, uh, someone shot him over a bad heroin deal. Oh, lit. I mean, yeah, kind of. So, Boo, what do you do nowadays? My name's not Boo, homie. It's Mary. And I'm in college, was in college. I dropped out because school is just not my thing, and I wound up starting my own business. I'm an entrepreneur. I was an entrepreneur. So what do you actually do? I work at Hooters. What's that? Oh, God, you are so innocent. You're like a Disney character. Hey, listen, man, I know you think I'm this sweet and innocent little girl, but I'm not anymore. Sorry to disappoint. It's okay, Mary. I understand. I mean, I don't shit you wouldn't believe. I mean, I should be in prison. Yeah, and I accept that. I gave a guy a blowjob at his high school prom for money in order to pay for a pregnancy test. And he was the guy who knocked me up. Here, 
God. I did lines of cocaine at my niece's birthday party and ran over Chuck E. Cheese with a golf cart. Why are you telling me this? I fucked a penny. I don't know why. I wasn't drunk or high or anything. I was just home one day. It was sunny outside. There was a cool autumn breeze blowing. The kids were playing outside. And like the birds were chirping. Then I fucked a penny. Okay, boo, I get it. Mary, I know that people and monsters grow up and mature. I guess I was just not ready to accept that you were all grown up and giving people blow jobs. Lit. <laughs> you were kind of a daughter to me, even though it was only for a few days. But I fully accept that you're an adult. Aww. I love you, man. I really do. But I'm going to be honest with you. I did remember you. The green one came and saw me a few years ago. Mike? Uh, yeah, we boned. He kind of took my virginity. Yeah, me too. Lit. Okay. And scene. <laughs> I kind of thought it was going to go a little bit different. Yeah. I've shared some very dark sketches, and people have asked me if I need psychological counseling after a couple of them. So I, I feel like that's a tradition to say that this was um very fucked up and you should see someone and talk to them <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean Uzbear is my therapy it it really isn't <laughs> i know i know a lot of people say like my hip hop is my therapy but it it super really isn't <laughs> Uh, and when you start going on that path, oh boy. Mm-hmm. I liked it though, yeah. Thanks. Because I could picture the characters really well. Believe it. Yeah, I was going to do it, do it up and like make it a visual thing so it make it look like an actual text message conversation. Did you use the website that I told you to look up? Oh, well, this was years ago. Uh-huh. It was like in 2018, I think. Sure, yeah. <laughs> How would that work in a text message? Because, like, this was originally going to be, like, a text conversation, so I was going to, like, all the places you see where I put, like, smiley faces or hearts, those were going to be, like, actual emojis. And okay. every line and every line break was going to be a separate bubble. I remember in school we would use um, this chat feature, and it would automatically turn emoticons into emojis. Hmm which I thought was very annoying because they convey two different things. 
I haven't used Mortal Kombat in so long. Like, or really, or really just like, um, like thought about them. Yeah, Gen Z apparently hates emojis. They're all about, you know, use your words, right? I would rather someone comment a paragraph worth of text that I have to read through than a single emoji. I mean, a lot of Gen Z people don't even know how to spell words, so I have no idea what they're talking about. Because like, correct? No, because of, cause they're, because of bad grammar. <laughs> it's like, uh, like, there, there are people, I, they're like... <laughs> I am so reliant on the autocorrect on my phone. Like, when I type on my computer, like, I'm it's it's two different things. We're like I'm used to, you know, typing and organizing something on my computer, but mm-hmm. on my phone, um, I'm just so used to like the correcting uh, grammar and spelling stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, um. Uh, I'm kind of the same way because if it wasn't for like the autocorrect, um, I'm not sure anyone would be able to understand what I'm saying because my my texting is horrid. Right, I did notice a few spelling mistakes in the script. For example, that's not how you spell heroin. So, funny enough, wait, how do you spell heroin? H <laughs> e. You you did H a. Hold on a second. I saw Grammarly correct me. I clicked. I, I clicked the uh, the the <laughs> thing to change it, and it didn't change it. Yep, Grammarly, Grammarly, you had one job. <laughs> Literally one job, Grammarly, and you failed. You failed me. Right. It's H E R O I N. But now I know. Um, heroin. Oh, I I googled it. Hong Kong is going to ban CBD and put it in the same category as heroin and cocaine. No, that's going to go. It's super weird because in America you can get CBD cereal. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, I thought that you know, CBD was completely safe because I've only seen it be talked about in, like, the context of therapy and candy. <laughs> CBD candies. You can buy them on Amazon, so it can't be dangerous, right? Maybe it's just, like, um, like supply and demand. Um, and they feel like if they make it illegal, like, it's going to make the demand for it higher or something. I don't know. Because um, I know that some people need, like, CBD oil. Um, I heard two cases of, like, it stops, um, like, bad seizures. Yeah, it can be medicinal, you know. Yeah, and it's just like most things. The only issue is that, like, people, um, they kind of abuse it. Um, 
I'm reading this. Uh, that, that's not a topic. term that people abuse. What is that? Huh? I'm re- Go ahead. Uh, if it's not, then I'm, I'm wrong. I don't know. Because there's, there's such a controversy behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, once the soccer moms or the tiger moms, you know, get involved, it's over. <laughs> I'm reading this romance novel right now that um, people are like time traveling through dreams. And then when they wake up, they're like, wait, I know you. And they're like, oh, how do you know you? And then it's like somebody that they had like a fantasy with in their dream or something. <laughs> but it's like, it's like they know them from time traveling. Okay, yeah, we cut to Trish uh, <laughs> meets someone on the subway who murdered them in, their, in her dream. <laughs> uh, hi, I think I know you. You 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 do? I'm, Hi. What yeah. what's your name? Yeah, yeah, it's just Trish. Um Trish, that's a pretty name. It's a pretty name. Very yeah. stabable. Very stabable. Stabable. Oh my god, that's what you said in the dream too. Oh my gosh. Um this is not like girl on the train or anything, right? Like I didn't see like a murder happening like off of the train. And you're not gonna stab anybody. Are you? Please don't say or I'm scared. Brian comes on the train. Oh. Hey, uh what's your name? Trish. Oh, that's short for Patricia? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, my mom's name is Patricia. Something um really bad happened to her involving an oven that I don't like talking about. <gasps> oh my gosh, I know what happened. See, your mother, she was bent over the oven and I'm not saying anything. It was a little bit, well, you're a little bit young to um to go into details why she was bent over the oven like that. Um, But she like took out the cake and then, like, when she was done doing what she's doing, I can't go into details, sorry, you're too young. Um, you, like, went to grab it, the cake, and you got burned. You're 30, oh, <laughs> sorry, you're just so small, and the suspenders threw me off. Okay, look, I get this all the time, right? I'm a little person. Mm-hmm. I'm not a child. Okay, I got you. I'm PC, okay? I'm glad you, like, established that for me. And um, anyway, back to your mom. So, yeah, it happened in my dream. So I just want to let you know that, you know, in the dream, I thought you were pretty um, young, too, but I guess you were probably the same age that you are right now. When you go home... No, this happened a long time ago when I was a kid. Oh, See, I'm just getting so confused. You must be like didn't age at all. Because you look exactly okay, I'm the like same. six inches taller than I was. Ah. Ah. 
Well, you just look so different. But I just can't believe this. Your mom, you know, she is going to do something with the oven. Oh, sorry. She did a long time ago, over 10, 20 years ago. Did she make a cake? No, she didn't make a cake. It was my birthday, and she killed herself. Oh, that's a lot less. That's not something you want to do on a birthday party. Did you at least get your presents? No, she didn't buy any. Uh, what about your dad? Yeah, my dad, you know, we went to Disney. That was pretty cool, and he let me buy whatever I wanted. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Hey, do you want to see my knife collection? Uh, do you have any Cutco knives? Because I'm, I'm selling Cutco knives now. I have um, knives, <laughs> like sharp knives, sharper knives, like really sharp knives, big knives, bigger knives. You see this suitcase right here? You see this tin can? Watch this. Uh-huh. Ow! Slices right through it. It slices right through the can. Wow. That is so incredible. Both of you guys look too young to be like dealing with knives and cans and things like that. Oh, well, yeah, cans are. I have yeah, a me PhD. too. No, I don't. I mean, I you keep saying that, but I'm just I'm in denial about it, honestly, because you I have so, male pattern so baldness and a beard. But you look so cute. I just go and take and squeeze your teeth. Oh, those are so cute. Ow, ow, your your bracelet's getting caught in my beard. Poor guy. Hey, we should throw you a birthday party. My birthday's look, not for six months. I look down your cowlick. <laughs> hey, what if we adopt you? Like, I could be the daddy, Patricia could be the mommy, and you can be like the stubborn, smelly son. I am a grown adult. I pay rent. That's right? okay. Oh, cool. Then, well, it's I don't know. Still a no. I already have three roommates. No, this is not how it went down in the dream. You come with us, and we go um, together on this train to our house, and you would pretend. Well, I mean, not pretend, but you are our son. Yeah. Okay. You're you're very clearly thinking of someone else. And also, we, cut, we cut to our house. Um, here we go, son. I am not going through with this, okay? This is now kidnapping. He, Mama takes the um soft bed, Daddy takes the hard bed, and you take the one that's so soft. There you go. We're like the three little bears. That's not a bed. That is a crib. Just because I fit in it doesn't mean I'm going to sleep in it. Here's your baba. He's so cranky. Honey, do you want to get the knives? Oh, I always have the knives. No, I don't. I don't. I don't trust this guy with knives anymore. He's so good at juggling the knives. Yeah, look. Call me Evil Knievel, cause I'm risking my life. Whoop 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 whoop. Have you just taken juggling lessons before? No, I've taken knife lessons. Yeah, I um. 
I don't think knives lessons are a thing. They are. In fact, we got you enrolled in knife lessons, um, Sunny Boy. I, You'll be going I'm tomorrow. I'm not taking those lessons. Okay, I have a job to get to tomorrow. I gotta sell. I gotta sell a bunch of knives, right? And I already know <gasps> a lot about the knives. We can't bring those to school, honey. Yeah, you're gonna get kicked out. They're gonna they're gonna look at us and think that we're bad parents, and we don't want that, do we? Terrible people. They have blackout days for that, and then they'll be shutting the curtains and closing the doors. You are complete strangers who met like an hour ago and have decided to kidnap and start a family together. Oh, that's so love. Oh my gosh, that is not love. Love loves us so much. He's just like part of us now. He is. You see how we talk in complete like see how we talk in complete sentences together? You will like, not complete my life cup, and we cup, are cupcakes. cupcakes. You, you, you are so bad at this. Math assignments. Math assignments. Incredibly terrible people. You see, this is mental synergy. Mental synergy. You guys are terrible crime partners, by the way. You do not compliment each other. You do not have skills. That Bonnie and Clyde. Right. We're like Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde die in the end. They both die. Well, everyone dies. If you insist, dear, to go back, what do you call it, work? I thought it was the school. If you insist, um, you're going to have to take the train. Okay. Yeah, I'm going back on the train by myself. We Mm -hmm. come back to the dream on the train. Well, that was fun. That was so fun. It was. I loved bringing him home with us. I felt so much closer to you. I did too. Oh, fix his suspenders. I'll pull down his colic. <laughs> Thanks, dear. Okay. I don't I don't like the way you have your hands on me. <laughs> your spade is disgusting. Would you want to go on another dreamscape with us? No, I don't want to do anything with you two. You two are so freaky. He called us freaky, honey. Oh, my gosh. He's at that age. He's a wonderful son. And and Halloween's right around the corner. Yeah. Hey, sport, what do you want to be for Halloween? I, I don't celebrate Halloween. I'm very religious. I think Jason would be a nice um, look for him. Oh, yeah. Like a chibi. Chibi, Jason. You mean Chucky? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, okay, it, it's my religious belief that Halloween is the devil and Satan tricking children into becoming monsters. 
Uh, he's babbling like an idiot. What a cute kid. How adorable. Kids are going to love him when he dresses up. Got the knife for him, dear? You bet. Are you I pull out a knife. On me? I pull out a knife. It's like half his size. Here we go, Chucky. Get ready. Oh my God! I can't. I can't lift this. <laughs> so cute. We need to find him a bride. A bride of Chucky. Yeah, we should. We should go down to the party city and get one of those big dolls. Okay. I'm very glad that you weren't planning on kidnapping a second person. But also, I am not following you to a second location. As soon as this train <laughs> gets off, I am leaving you too. I am never seeing you again. He's being rebellious. He doesn't want us to plan an arranged marriage for him. He's at that age. I can't marry an inanimate object. <laughs> well, not in this state. Again, I am not following you to a second location. We cut to um, Breda Chucky, where she lives. Can't pick me up and carry me like a duffel bag. <laughs> Here you go. Here's um, here's your bride. Stop it! Stop it! They're they're Isn't making me kiss lovely? like a Barbie doll. Isn't she lovely? I'm so happy right now. I could cry. Then I cry. Crying a little. Oh my god. Oh, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna be fired. I grew so fast. I remember changing your diapers. I remember the first knife we gave him. Yeah. I remember the first time he lost a tooth. Take this stupid diaper off me, okay? <laughs> Give me my underwear back. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, he wants his underwear uh, back. Uh, I love our family. Me too. Hate you so much. You're the weirdest people I've ever met. We cut back to the trade. Uh, well, now that we got the bride and um, we have Chucky, I, I, I um, pushed Brian down back on the tra train like a rag doll. Nice shot, honey. Yeah, he's doing great. We should have another one. We should. Hey, buddy. I walk up to a, another random person. End oh, scene. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> End scene. Great. Yeah. Uh, Trish, do you have anything to share? Yeah. Okay. Let's go to share the documents. 
Alright, this is um the two character script and um we have Dr. Dill, which if you hear the resemblance somewhat similar to Dr. Phil. Oh, it's spelled the same. That's clever. <laughs> and um we have Boyce who is a um director of a um mental health film based in Vancouver. So I'll cast it. Um let's see. We'll have uh let's get Lee for Dr. Dill and um Boyce uh for Brian. And um I guess I can read the Stage directions. All right. Ready? Uh, yeah. Whenever, whenever you're ready. Okay. Um, interior, TV, studio day. Dr. Dill, 50s, is talking to his guest voice, tw- 20s, about his film, I Had Enough. Lee, are you there? Let me cut back to the real world. Hello? Hi. Okay. You're playing Dr. Dill. Yeah, I, I cut out for a second. Um, I started reading the line, so I'll start over. Okay. <clears throat> we have on our show today, Boyce, the producer of the film I Had Enough, was showcased at the Sundance Film Festival. Boyce is an editor, writer, and producer hailing from Vancouver, British Columbia. Applause from audience as Boyce comes in and sits down. Boyce, how did you go about getting so many people within the industry involved to tell this story? Uh, Most of the crew of I Had Enough were either friends from school or had been in films with me in Vancouver. Mm, hence the reason it wasn't asked to be, I wasn't asked to be an extra. <laughs> well, some people read the script and fell in love with the stories. Others just fell in love with the producer. <clears throat> I, mean, I mean the cast. Uh, producers are all astounded at the response we got from this film. There were days where we had 50 people on set. And I think people just kept coming back because we made it a very light, calm, and enjoyable shoot. And bonus, we had smoothies. Do you feel like the depression and anxiety are are given being the actors have such demanding schedules and expectations? I'd say yes. Working anywhere from 12 to 18 hours a day on set would take a toll on anybody's mental health. And you personally, do you have any mental health concerns? Well... Um, being on set becomes your life, not just your job. And it is hard to have any sort of time to see friends or family or keep up with your personal hygiene. Oh, uh, humans require balance. 
and though being on set is thrilling, it's still way too mentally and physically exhausting. Do you feel like in this day and age it's easier for you to talk about your mental illness, or is it taboo? Well, before this interview, I would have said it's gotten a lot easier. I've seen reactions to my mental illness, but I've never been picked apart for talking about health in Canada. So my favorite movies revolve around the exploration of mental health. Movies like uh, Silver Linings Playbook, Taxi Driver, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and A Streetcar Named Desire all take time to respect their mentally ill heroes. What was your real motivation to bring the project on screen? Look, the writer approached me with a script and said it was personal to her. She understood me. She recognized my love for dark humor and knew that I needed to get out of my depression. Look, I haven't been diagnosed. I still want writers to respect me. This story is close to home. Boys, you do realize this show is filmed live, and this is a real audience. These are not actors. <laughs> End scene. End scene. <laughs> yes. So that's a little um, odd. Yeah. Um, this is actually uh, a real producer that I interviewed uh, based on his movie on mental health. And, um, I really actually like the, um, the film, which is called Star of Therapy. You might want to look into that film. I should read a little background on, um, that film. When when Kendra is admitted into group therapy, she becomes overly competitive about completing her weekly goals. When Kendra is admitted into group therapy. Yeah. A lot of people can be, you know, overly competitive and take stuff that's supposed to, you know, not be competitive and turn it into something weird. Yeah. I I like that um that that you can go so far in wanting to achieve your mental health goals that you become competitive about it. I I feel, I feel mental health things come to mind that I struggle with. And just the idea of the no. most competitive alcoholic anonymous meeting in the world. Um, Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AA Spring Olympics. We have our top contestants all the way from Vancouver. We have Brian. Yay. Hi, I'm Brian. And everyone says in unison, hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Save all the energy for the competition. And next up, we have straight from the lowest tip of Madagascar, we have Trish. Hi, everyone. Hi, Trish. Okay, easy there, Tiger. (laughs) All right. 
These guys, these two guys are down on their luck. They are so desperate for that drink, they will literally, and they have, literally, pleasure other people sexually just for a shot of scotch. Isn't that right, you bunch of losers? But we're trying to get better, right? That's what this is? Trying to get better. Also, the $10,000 reward doesn't seem too shabby either, does it? Oh, man, that is, you can buy so many old duels with that. Right. That's right. Keep up your addiction, you piece of shit. All right, guys. First up, Odul is not alcoholic. What are you talking about? Just keep telling yourself that, okay? Just, just keep telling yourself that, okay? And don't, don't make eye contact with me. All right, folks. Our make first... eye contact with them. Make the eye way, contact I, with them. I loved you in Finding Dory. Just. <laughs> Him. I, I think I, I wanted to put that out there. I think I voiced story very well. Alright guys, for our first competition. I'm hearing an echo. Sorry. Are you here hear an echo? Is this our third contestant? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was just uh, Trish from Madagascar, just making sure you're okay. We know everybody here struggles with mental health issues. Yes. Are you hearing voices? Thank you I'm hearing for validating me. So many voices. <laughs> I oftentimes think I'm hosting a TV show when I'm really not. I'm just in here at A Alcoholics Anonymous. Did I do it again? No, you're. Um, it's. 2020 and you're in your house which is slowly turning you mad like a prison oh right we were locked down during the pandemic yeah I was just alone with me my thoughts and wine lots and lots of wine so I'll just talk a little bit about how I've been getting off of the Boosh booze, the great goose. Um, <clears throat> I've tried cold turkey. In fact, I've eaten eaten cold turkey. Um, not so helpful. <laughs> um, but um, during that time, I started uh, just having visions. The um, addiction was so severe that I was just having visions of Brian. Brian was in the vision. Oh, God, not again. I I became, you know, very drunk when I tried to forget this very traumatic thing that happened to me. I was, I was kidnapped by two crazy people, and they played dress-up and dolls with me. Um... Withdrawal is I was a little closer to to closing the blind and completely forgetting about that event. But it withdrawal never Withdrawal is real, Brian. Everybody say it's okay, Brian. It's, it's okay, Brian. Brian. <laughs> Thank you. I love feeling validated. It feels so good. It does, doesn't it? It's a very balancing to say. What is our first competition that we're doing? Host? 
Well, I guess just to see who has the saddest uh, alcohol story. The saddest, most pathetic alcohol story. Brian, I'll let you take the lead. Um, so, one time someone dared me to drink an entire bottle of Jack Daniels, and I, I couldn't lift it. I couldn't get it over my head because it was taller than me. <laughs> one time, and this is going to sound so severe, I I was so hard on the vodka that I decided to quit my job at uh, the stock sales um, department uh at the grocery store, uh, carrying around a box cutter all day wasn't very healthy, I guess. And my um, my Aquafina was really filled with the good stuff. Nobody smelled it on my breath though, but uh, I'd often walk through the um, aisles, and old women would get upset with me when I would tell them to go the fuck away because I didn't know where their box of cereal was. Cocoa Puffs, who needs them anyway, right? Anyway, I I started having these fucking really weird dreams um, that my mother was calling me and um, my sister told me to pick up the phone, but I, I didn't know what was going on and I started roaming around the house looking for liquor bottle. I know I should have quit, but I, I, did, I definitely found it in my dad's dresser drawer. And then when my girlfriend, Green Eyes, she didn't show up to bring me to the liquor store, I just laid down in the bed and cut myself with my box cutter. Wow. Um... I was so desperate for alcohol that one day I went to the liquor store and I tried to sell my family for alcohol, but the guy said they're not worth it. That made me sad and I wanted to have a drink. So I went to the pawn shop to sell my family. I only got five bucks for the kid. And like my wife is like, it's like, like she was disappointed, you know, because prices are, are bullshit, you know. And so, like, I, I, I had to, so I used the five bucks to to go buy a shot of whiskey. Um, so I, I didn't drink it. I used it to make a cocktail Molotov. I threw it at the um, liquor store, and then we we we, <laughs> we both robbed it. And then, like, after that, I was kind of happy. I kind of missed my son, but, like, you know, <laughs> you know, why, why do I need my son, John, when I have my friend, Jack Daniel? Jack, I miss Jack. I miss my son. He was a, he was a nice kid. I was more of a Captain Morgan dude. And Captain Morgan is, like... Yeah, those guys are my family now. Anyway, my wife left me. But that's about it. 
what a story. Thanks. <sighs> so great. So who do you think who do you think won the competition? Well, I think I won. But I'm I biased. think I won. Well, I'm biased too. I'm bugging. You know what? I I in my vote. I vote Ellen DeGeneres. You know what? You get you, you have a point there. Her story is pretty uh morbid. Everybody, let's come together and acknowledge how much better Ellen DeGeneres is than all of us. She has like much better hair than I do. She has whiter eyes than I do. Do whiter eyes or bluer eyes? Whiter, wide. Her eyes are really wide. Wide apart or just mm-hmm. wide open. <laughs> yep. Also true. Her sitcom is funnier than mine. I feel like that's a good uh, stopping point. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres. Yep. All right. That was fun. This, um, this has been Cold Reason in Province Sketch Comedy Open Mic. Uh, you can listen to the show uh, in podcast form by going to oozebear.com, or you can listen to the show on radiofreemontclair.org. Uh, if you go to zazzle.com slash coldreads, you can support the show by buying merch. We have really cheap stickers. You can get 20 stickers for 6 bucks, which is really cool. Uh, and uh, Lee, do you have anything you want to say? Um, no, not this week. Okay. Nothing. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, um, talk about a little show that, uh, my friend Denzel Beelit has put it together in Minneapolis. Uh, He is the artistic director of Threshold Theater, and it's a new play written by Bethany Dickens Asaf, directed by Maggie Salentic, and it's going to be showing November 19th in Minneapolis um, about the show. Um, Greer has taken her girlfriend, Heather, on a relaxing trip to a Midwestern lakeside cabin with a intent of helping Heather unwind and get off alcohol before they begin fertilization treatment. But tension builds up when it becomes obvious to Greer that sobering up Heather, a fully in-denial alcoholic, won't be an easy task. Making things (laughs) even more awkward is the sudden arrival of Dylan, Greer's cousin, bisexual, conservative Christian, bringing with his boyfriend Ben along with him. Dylan also has some addictions of his own. Soon Heather and Dylan's personal demons and the way they play off one another are threatening to undermine their relationships and plans for the future. Leviathan penned by Bethany 
Dickens Asaf tells this story through a tight four-person <clears throat> cast and brilliant contemporary language. Come and see this Leviathan play that will be showing soon in, actually, St. Paul at the Black Heart. Thank you. Interesting. Thank you very much for being here. This has been Cold Reads. Thank God. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being here. And good night.